Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. 
Talk Radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio, every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. As always, you know that I am excited about being here, having the opportunity to talk about the things that impact our world now and in the future, and today is no different. We find ourselves in 2018, in the month of February, sharing the leadership and the icons and the dedicated ones who've been a part of our culture with the world, hoping that they at some point recognize the true accomplishments that we've made and understand that we deserve that part of the apple pie that is for us. We're not asking them to give us anything that we have not made a sacrifice to have. Still being challenged at what it is that we deserve and what we've accomplished, and ourselves not being inspired by the efforts of others to, to make sure we don't take any step backwards 
in terms of our commitment to having an equal share. You know, so today we just want to talk about what is it that we want America to understand about the role that we play and the commitment we need from our leaders to making sure that all Americans have that part of the pie that they deserve. We should not be engaged in warfare or in political warfare in order to get what is rightfully ours. But so often we see that not only are they, there's still a lot of white Americans committed to not letting us move forward, there are a lot of white Americans who want to turn back the hand of time ownership of the American dream and want to disseminate to people of color and to women the portion that they feel we deserve. So as we enter this next 28 days and discover and share what it is that we have given to America, the blood, sweat, and tears that was sacrificed Uh, by our forefathers and those that were before us, we need to reestablish ourselves and make sure that there is no doubt in anybody's mind what it is that we're willing to do and commit to in making this country ours. Cheryl, so, uh, you know, I I just want to make sure that, you know, we are able to share this month with people, the commitment people of color are going to make, the sacrifices we're going to make, and the dedication we're going to create in making sure that we don't take a step backwards. What is your thought today, Cheryl, as we enter this month of Black History Month? Good evening, and how's everyone doing today? Um you know, although they have, I mean, we have what we want to say Black History Month. Um, I think that, you know, we should have, it just not should not be just a month put aside for just, um, you know, for Blacks. What, what about us all year round? You know, that was one of the thoughts that went through my mind because so many blacks make such an impact in this world are not getting recognized. And we go over, and this is not to lessen at all because they all have done tremendous, tremendous, you know, um, breakthroughs. But we go over the same um, black history Americans that have did things as though, you know, it ended right there. And it hasn't. I mean, we have um, accomplished, you know, as far as judges, um, those in higher positions, those that have invented um, things, um, 
just so many different things, um, graduates from the um, Ivy League schools, those that have very, you know, high prestigious jobs, um, a lot of things that we don't recognize on a daily basis. And I believe that, you know, how we talk every day on this platform of the things that we will begin to implement and supporting each other. You know, what, what, how wonderful that would be if we got recognized as a group of people who are always having each other's back. That you can definitely say when there's a business, we know that we're going to be supported because that's how we would treat each other with more support. You know, teaching, being, and not only teaching, but being teachable. And one of the things that I do is, is my Bible study. And my, and I'm always going over Bible lessons with different individuals that I may start at different periods of time. Because everybody is not getting all of it. You know, and if we can, we don't have to be locally to spread the word. We can be at a distance doing it. The same thing with the knowledge that I have as far as health. Look at us as a people. I mean, we have some of the poorest health. I just found out today that a classmate and her daughter both found out that they both have cancer. Two different types of cancer. You know, we're not being educated enough. I mean, you know, some of the, um, we have some of the worst credit. So I take among myself to try to instill the things that I'm knowledgeable about in each other and also supporting, you know, just like I said, as far as supporting, you know, black businesses and not with an attitude, you know, saying that that's why I don't support black businesses because, you know, so, but to do it in a way because I want to embrace you. I want to, you know, help you to get to where you're going, help you to succeed. So those are just some of the things that, um, you know, that I see and that ran across my mind thinking, you know, everybody talking about Black History Month begins this month. Why just this month? You know, without a doubt, we know that there's more than 365 individuals that we can share with the world each day for decades uh, and not run out. Uh, There are people who have not even been recognized as of yet, and we see that in the information that is being withheld from us uh, when we see movies like Numbers. Uh, there is so much that we have yet to to come to understand. 
the Wellsville Museum here in Orlando, where we to Wells, Monroe Wells, is a man who came out of a out of came here in around 1918 and built a museum. Excuse me, built a a hotel and then built a South Street casino and delivered more than six. Um, thousand babies, this man did what people were doing in different cities around the world and around the United States. We don't know all these doctors and nurses and educators who were doing the exact same thing from town to town to town who deserve to have their names recognized for the things they have done. Uh, I am not a historian, but I've come to appreciate the accomplishments of Dr. Wells and the things he's done because I serve on the museum board here in Orlando, Florida. But also know that there was someone just like Dr. Wells in Jacksonville, Miami, Tampa, St. Cloud, and the list goes on and on and on throughout the country. So what do we ask these people to understand about who we are and what we've done and what we've accomplished, Reverend Smith, when we find ourselves still struggling to have what we deserve from our our government? Nate, are you there? Reverend Smith. Yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. I had it on. I'm just talking and got it on mute. Have mercy. Old age is something else sometimes. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I understand what you're saying, Jane, but I don't really expect anyone else to do I'm, I'm sick of asking someone else to do something I think we're it's left up to us now to do we know all of these things we, we have historians and we have people of color who are very good at a lot of different things and why aren't we having symposiums or, or seminars or stuff like that we're always having these um Men empowerment and women empowerment and all of this. Do we ever talk about these things? Or do we ever bring these things to the forefront? Do we bring these things to the forefront in the churches? No, we don't do that. The only thing we talk about in our churches a lot of times is the the founder of the particular denomination. Instead of talking about all of the accomplishments and other things, we, we have the we have the children in our grasp for right then. But we're so busy. I know in my denomination talking about Richard Allen, and all that's good. But there are so many others out there. And I, I, I'm, I'm, very, I'm a very great proponent of what Cheryl was saying. I'm black 364 five days a year. And I do not, I don't celebrate Black History Month. I don't because I, I believe that that's what where we lose our identity a lot of times by making us called settling 
for a portion, just a small part of, why can't we make this thing a constancy? When, 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 when we go to places, why can't we have seminars and symposiums and things of that nature where young people can learn about their heritage? Those that are around us, there are some you're never going to be able to reach but at least the ones that we're reaching might be able to reach some of them that we can't reach. So we, we need to really get get to a point in our lives where we stop talking about or worrying about the government, or we worrying about someone else. Um, Kathy was saying it before. What about us? What about us? Why don't we get together? Uh, why don't some of us in the communities get together and start something of this nature? And, you know, I know what it would take. I mean, it's going to take a miracle from God, and God is willing. We just got to ask and put forth efforts to do these things. But as long as we as long as we are depending on someone else to do it, they're going to do the same thing they've been doing for years and years and years, kicking the can down the road, kicking the can down the road, and the can never, ever stops. And when they get sick of you, they kick you in the ditch. You know, so that's the way I feel about this um, Black History Month. I don't, I just, I don't know why none of the black organizations right now are not talking more. They want to have some banquets and stuff so they can receive some money. You know, I, I just, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not a proponent of all of that. I'm just not. I'm sorry. Uh, Joyce, you know, I'm going to make this statement related to what you've shared with us about the things you've done. And just knowing that you were a airline stewardess at such a a beginning, you know, that's why I say that we got so many people that we could highlight and of what they did and the accomplishments that they, they made and where they went at a time when they – they're, you know, they were on the front line. And so, obviously, you have played a role, and many people like you have played a role in establishing every time an opening was uh, presented, there were African Americans ready and prepared to walk through it. Exactly. And, and some, some sometimes you have to make doors open uh, and be consistent uh, with that. Uh, presentation is everything. It's all in how you present yourself as to wanting to, to be be that person. A lot of times you have to portray that by, by dressing the role, looking the role, talking the role. These right. are the things that our young people need to do in order to get there, you see. Right. Um, my thing about Black History Month is that, um, to me, if this is the only way that some of the kids are going to really know about some of the accomplishments of who you are and what you're all about in the school, and it's a shame that the government only allowed just that once a month. But, you know, some, you know, get it, so being good. But these are things that we need to discuss and let our kids know just how important and who they are as kings and queens every morning that they wake up. I had no idea that turns green, yellow, and red. It's that you could control your traffic. Who did that? A black person. I mean, it's these little things that, you know, we're learning that we don't know. 
So these are some of the things that we need to explain and explore to our young people and let them know their worth. You know, they got us beat down so bad that we don't know our worth. You know, I had no idea that it was uh, three Africans more than that uh, females who put John Glenn on the moon. Who would have thought? Who would have ever thought that? You see, you don't find that in your history book. So it takes movies like uh, actors and uh, directors. Um, we, we, we need more programs to educate our young people and to let them know who you are and what you are all about. Like I said, it's a shame that we force the government. Oh, if we wait on the government to do something for us, we'll be waiting. Look how long we've been waiting now. I'm sick about what the government owes. They don't owe, you know, they may owe, but they ain't paying up. So when they right. don't pay up, you know, we're just going to sit around and keep our legs crossed and just wait and say how wrong they are? No way. Either we make right. it happen or we just sit on the wayside and we just lost in the, in the cut. Thank you. You know, it is so obvious to me uh, as an educator and someone who has been a part of a board who tried to bring forth the knowledge related to uh, Dr. Wells is that children need to know about these people because when you know others have gone before you and accomplished things when they weren't supposed to, then now there is no excuse for you not reaching your dreams. There's absolutely no excuse for anybody who has been born after the 1960s to have an excuse about why they can't accomplish their dreams and keep moving forward. So we, when we know what people have done, we know that we can repeat it. So, Regina, that's why it's so important for our students to know who has come before them so that they know that they can walk in those same shoes and accomplish those same things or even more. Good evening, everybody. And and you're so right. Um, you're so right, James. And I'm agreeing with everybody um, with it being our responsibility, we can't wait on the government. That's the first thing. Second thing, Joyce, I would love to hear your story about being a black stewardess. Third thing, the people who we share information about do not necessarily have to be so noteworthy that they are on a calendar. When I find out about Joyce and her story, I'm going to share that with my little girls and little boys at my um, at my school. Another thing, um, there was a little boy walking down the hall and he wanted to speak to me, and I never knew he was a stutterer until that particular moment and I, I caught him in the act of stuttering. And so his um his his speech teacher came up to greet him and I said I asked him, I said, Are you a stutterer? And he said, you know, yes and he said, but he's doing so well. I said, Do you know that Barack Obama was a stutterer? 
And that's why he would elongate his phrases because it would give him time to not stutter. And the little boy was amazed. Mm-hmm. I said, and he made he became president. Then there was another little boy that I shared the information with. And believe believe this or not, he did not know. He was younger, but he didn't know who Barack Obama was. So the speech teacher, who was a Caucasian lady, said, we've got some work to do. Come on, little fella, let's go. So you meet your challenges where they are or you take advantage of the opportunities as they are presented to you to share this type of information that we want our young people to know about. And when we hear about people like, again, and I'm going to focus uh, and continue to talk and give you information about uh, Monroe Wells, who graduated from Meharry Medical College uh, at a time when there were only about two uh, medical colleges in the nation that were producing black doctors. The fact that this man found his way to Orlando and established himself not only as a doctor, but as a businessman and was able to create an environment for entertainers to come to the city and have a place to stay. Sergio Marshall uh, spent time as the Wells built. Uh, Ray Charles spent time as the Wells built. And many, many more. And so this was a man that was before his time. And we need young people to know and recognize we're not going to hear any excuses. This man did it before it was supposed to be able to be done. And he was able to to thrive in an, a place where there was a street called division that we were not you were not supposed to be across at a certain time of the evening. So we need to recognize that these things were done across the nation and there were people who need to be the stories need to be told about. And they need to be told so that somebody can say, I want that to be me. I want to be like him. And if you do that, then we'll be inspiring kids to be to go to get away from some of the things that we're constantly talking about that are destroying lives. So, Cheryl, we have an obligation uh, to go around telling our family stories, telling our the stories of the cities that we've lived in and the great people who've done things to make those cities prosperous for people of color and making sure that young people hear it and are inspired by it. You know, you're so true. And um, some of the things is that when the younger kids or generation can identify very closely with family members, with people just like me and you, you know, the things that we accomplish, and you're right, it makes them see, you know, they accomplished it, so we can definitely do it too. Sometimes the accomplishments that they are constantly looking at is far 
they look at it as being so far where it's not reachable for them, and they may not grasp it at the same level if, just like you just finished saying, family members, somebody that they can identify with, and they say, oh, that was just like me. I didn't realize that. So, yeah, we have to continue to tell the stories and let the stories be told. And that's where a lot of times I find myself at the, you know, sitting on the floor of an elder person, you know, listening to the stories that they have to tell. And not only listening to it, but also being able to tell their story to somebody where they can identify. And that's probably one of the key things is, is when we tell in the stories is, you know, to make an impact on a lot of our younger black um, generation today is to be relatable, to be, be able to identify with what they are hearing. Because, you know, you don't want them to think, oh, yeah, well, they did it. But, I mean, that's not, you know, nothing that I can obtain but where it hit home for them, you know. And I know all the time I hear the story about Ruby Bridges, you know, integrating into the, um, into the public schools being one of the first black girls. Well, she actually wasn't, the, you know, the only black girl. To me, it was that she was just picked out up, and I think it was five of them. So... You know, and a lot of times the story gets so big till the other people fall by the wayside when we are telling the story. But if we're going to tell the story, tell all of it. You know, the whole make, Right, exactly, the whole story. Because that was my neighborhood school. So when they telling the story, it's like, oh, that's, you know, that's where I'm from. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm a couple of houses from the school. So when we hear these stories, and the same thing when we go to the history books, they're so outdated. The information that our kids are receiving is so outdated. And all the time, you know, even today we're hearing more and more stories about, you know, black people that are doing things. They know where in none of the history books. I mean, when the history books are not being updated, and that's why we got to, when we, you know, talking to them, we got to show them and help them to see what's relatable to them or where I was. And if I was there as a poor, you know, black child, just imagine where you could be. So, you know, that's one of the things that we have to do, and we have to keep the stories fresh. We can go back to, you know, the same people, but go introduce some of the other things and some of the other people and include those people that are forgotten out of the books because the books don't tell the whole story. It doesn't. And our families, uh, Reverend Smith, are filled with people who did things that they were not supposed to do that helped the generations of our families move to the point where we are. You know, I look at and think and appreciate uh, my mother and father, who my father owned a construction business and had many trucks and when he wasn't supposed to. Uh, I appreciate 
uh, my mother graduating from uh, Allen University and encouraging me uh, to go to South Carolina State and walk amongst uh, people who were challenged to make things happen. And so we don't even have to look very far because most of those of us who are successful and turn, can turn and look at our past and identify great leadership uh, uh, in, in our own uh, family. That is so true. Um, I, I, I can sit here tonight and give praise and honor, glory, and thanks unto God. Mother finished high school, but she went on to teach herself, and she wind up with a, a very lucrative club. My dad, he finished high school, and he went on to teach himself, and he wind up being a general contractor. And they taught me what it felt like, and I saw what it, what it meant to them to accomplish something. And that's what's not happening in this world today. We, we don't show our kids. We, we're, it's almost like we're, we're, we're sitting back and we're looking in the mirror at ourselves and not allowing the young people or others to look at us and let them, let them, after God has given you the glory for what you've done, let the people see what God has blessed you with. Let the people see how far you've come. Let them realize that this, it wasn't just me. Believe me, you didn't do it on your own. My mother didn't get where she was going by herself, and my dad didn't get where and, and And God knows it would not have been if it had not been for them. But most of all, if it had not been for God on our side, if it had not been for God on our side, we, we, none of us would have accomplished any of the things that we that we have accomplished. I just thank God for my parents. I really do. How he just put them in a position that we could see, me and my sister, my sister and I, we could see a good role model of people standing in front of us. Out there in this, this, this black history this and black history that, it all should be brought out. It should. There were, everybody wasn't able to get a degree. Everybody wasn't able to get a, become a doctor. But so many of those people became successful. So many of them had their own businesses. Maybe it wasn't one of these multi-million dollar businesses a year, but I guarantee you God gave them that what they had and they had the ability to, to feed their families and help others out along the way. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. We've gotten to the point now that we don't want to help anybody but ourselves. We're talking about Black History Month. We, we need to get up off of that. We need to just say, okay, it's time out for this foolishness. It's time out for this foolishness. We need to come together well, I just, once and for all. I can tell you that I benefited from every story that I ever heard, and I have filed it away in a place where I'll never forget. I remember when my grandfather uh, told me about how he made 50 cents a day and his mule made 50 cents a day, and how he struggled to pay 
uh, farm uh, where he accumulated nearly a hundred acres. But he was he was uh, um he was afraid to the level of his abilities uh, because he didn't want to put in jeopardy his family. But he could have had two hundred uh, acres because he knew right. how to That's get right. land and to prosper. But he told me about the story where a man had one of the most beautiful mule and and carriages in the country, in in his area. And every Sunday he'd take his children uh to the store and a white man saw his that carriage and that mule and said, um, how much can I how much can I pay you for that? That's a beautiful outfit. I love to have it. How much can I pay you for it? And the man told him it wasn't for sale, that he was going to keep it for himself. Within a month, the mule was dead and the carriage and a wagon was burned to a crisp. That's right. Uh, because the man right. didn't, if you, if I can't have it, you can't have it. You and ain't now, got no business. Uh, African Americans had to build their homes on the road because they, they couldn't build it on the same hill as the the white people in South Carolina, even though they own the land. So here you couldn't even build your house where you wanted to because if you showed any thought that you were on the same level as them, they would uh would hurt your family. And so there are a lot of things we didn't accomplish because we weren't allowed to. And so now we have no excuse. And we have to make sure our children know that you can't sit back and relax and not accomplish your dreams when others have sacrificed so much, uh, Joyce. That's true, and and some of us are still sacrificing, and we got to tell the story, and we got to keep it fresh too. Uh, and don't be afraid to let them know what all you went through. Because while they're That's sitting okay. there high on the throne, you went through hell to get them there. Do you understand what right. I'm saying? So my thing is, right. let me refresh your memory what I had to put up with to get me where you where you are today. Mm-hmm. And the sacrifice that I made to get you there. You know, uh, I come from a family. Most of my sisters and brothers, they have their masters, but I don't. Uh, I, 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 you, you certain path that you can go. Like, you know, I took the path of going to be a stewardess and, uh, you know, I don't get me wrong. I do have a degree, but I don't have my master's. Okay. But my goal was, and my husband's goal was, uh, you know, we put our son where he is today. He's a doctor, you know, so I expect for each generation to do better than us. Everybody's not, uh, uh, college material. But if you got common sense and you can get there in a different way, I got you. You got as much respect for me than a person with a master. You see, I was a little hesitant of communicating with my coworkers here on the radio station because I felt that everyone was so master. But everybody welcomed me in, and you guys make me feel good. And I now feel that I don't have to have that type of degree. But I was really, um, I didn't feel good, but. You, but everybody got something to share, no matter what level you're on, you know. That's right. Um, Regina, I would love to tell you, uh, being a stewardess, it wasn't easy being the, the first black, one of some of the first blacks to, to, to go to airlines. 
uh, I caught hell on my layovers. A lot of people didn't, at the time, we had to share rooms, the, the stewardess, and they didn't want to do that with me, you know. And I'm standing there, we standing there fussing at the counter. Everybody want to know, you know, I'm, I've flown from L.A. to Hawaii, and I'm tired, and I'm ready to go get relaxed, but everybody's sitting around, don't nobody want, so I wound up with my own room, which I was glad of that, you know, but it, it hadn't been easy. I've been on a flight where there was 22 of us on the 747, and believe it or not, most of us was black, and some of them, we was flying from Minneapolis to Fort Lauderdale. A lot of them enjoyed the flight because it was an all-black crew. But some of them said that they would never fly Northwest Orient again because of the what. But we gave excellent service. So everybody got a story to tell. And you're right. Mm. Now, uh, one thing that I witnessed today on um, The View, uh, uh, Whoopi Nim will be uh, highlighting a black female for every day of the month in black history. And who they highlighted today was Sojourn Truth. And uh, what I did not know about her, and and sometimes it is good to have reflect and to know about our ancestors because I didn't get it in the book. I came from Mississippi, and we did not have no black or nothing in the book. We had hand-me-downs in the book that we did have. Half the pages was tore out. So what you know what I mean? So I'm I'm feeding on on this information that I'm getting, and particularly the view. Well, with Soldier Truth. She was known for two things. She went to court. Uh, I forgot what uh, Whoopi said the first, but what I can remember was is that she sued. She was one of the first blacks that can say that she sued for slander, and she won her case. Unrealistic. We would never hear that in history. What is that telling me? I've been going through uh, a legal ordeal with this, this company, and I feel like it's David and Goliath. And, I, and it's been five years, and it's just, it's hopefully it's coming to an end. But that, what I heard today, give me the strength to carry on and let me know that God is carrying me through, and I know what my purpose is. So sometimes we have to hear what has happened in the, in the long run to give us that determination to grow and to keep forward. I do encourage our young people, and I encourage us to talk to our young people, particularly this month, and to talk every day for what you share or something that you heard about a black person, be it uh, this this generation, uh, the, the last generation or the past generation. Share that information so when they leave the house, they can feel good about who they are. Uh, I got the email today, and I'm assuming it's from you, Reverend, about being kings and queens. You know, yeah. that made me feel good yeah. because when I look in the mirror, that's who I see now. You know, I, I, right. I, I have a disfigurement from the incident that I've had five years ago that I'm fighting for now. But uh, right. you make me feel good about myself when I see a reflection as to who I am mm-hmm. as a person. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. And, Regina, we have an obligation uh, to make sure our kids know uh, that we're not going to tolerate them being slackers. And the more we push them, and the more we make them understand that they have a role to play to show that people who come after them have the same opportunity to see and have pride in their past so they can make a great future for themselves. You're absolutely right, Jen. We have an obligation, all of us. Because Trump tells us every day that shows us none of us have made it in the 
carnal world. That's right. Um, and I, I do specifically say that because he cannot take away my relationship with my God. Yeah. He can try to he can play with with this worldly stuff, but mm-hmm. that's fine because that comes and goes. That and this is nothing but a huge circle. Um, my grandmama ate chicken feet. Taught me how to cook chicken feet. I hate chicken feet, but I tell you what, if I have to eat them again, I eat them again. They're not used to eating Amen. chicken feet. So, see, that's the kind of stuff that we have to tell our children. You can make it in spite of hearing hearing about this, this Trump stuff. And that's, that's just what we have to do, just what we're doing right here and sharing these stories. Because I am going to reach out to Joyce and speak with our black history person um, and, and get with a teacher and see if we can do a, a phone conference and let her tell her story to that group of children. James, see how you've made this connection? You're educating all across the United States now. Amen. And and doing what I love to do is talk about the people I love and the people I've cherished and who made a difference in my life. Uh, Cheryl, you know, I just think back at the obligation I have uh, to my people of color because I was lucky to be born uh, to Mr. and Mrs. Deshae. I was lucky to be a part of the Walker family in South Carolina. I was lucky to be a graduate of South Carolina State. And so it is important that all those facets of who I am are given uh, the platform and the opportunity to be heard and talked about because they've made me who I am. So, Cheryl, we all have that obligation uh, to give to those people who made the sacrifices for us not to be hungry and not to worry about a roof over our head. And so you know, we need to, to stand tall and talk as often as we can about those who were outside our family and inside our family that made America great. You know, you, you're so right, and um, I just want to um, correct you on being lucky. You were just, you were blessed. Blessed. Highly blessed. Amen. Yeah. Um, Amen. Because it was by no luck, you know, God knew exactly what he was doing in your life and orchestrated those things in your life and blessed you in a way that you are blessing so many people today. But you Thank know, you. you're right, and um, the the way that each one of us here conduct ourselves have a story to tell of how we got to where we are. And one thing that makes me very proud of my daughter, she's you know being the oldest one, she really you know voiced to others as far as. She says, you know, I saw my mama struggle. I went through those things with her. But I always saw how she overcame those things, you know. And, you know, the biggest thing was God being on my side because, you know, just yesterday we was talking about, you know, having faith. And when I can remember times when we didn't have anything, 
And I would tell her, take my purse and empty every, you know, all the money in the um, basket at church. And she would say, Mama, all the money? I said, yes, all of it. And it wasn't much, but what we were saying was it was all we had. And no sooner than I did that, God provided. I mean, he blessed me with more than that. So she watched me and learned from my faith to have faith of her own, knowing that she saw what God orchestrated and did in my life because of what I did. And she watched and she tells people the things that I've overcome. And that's the story each and every one of us talk about, you know, what we've overcome. And if we haven't had a lot to overcome, what we've accomplished. And that's a story in itself to tell the younger generation because they feel like, you know, because of where we are today, you know, it's not where we started at and that everything comes easy and everything should be given to them easy. But if they can really understand what it is that we all went through to accomplish and or even to get to where we are today, they would truly be amazed. And when I say that of, as far as telling those stories, but telling them with their attention, because it's too much a distraction going on where they're getting bits and pieces of the information. But just like um, somebody was saying about, you know, having Joyce to tell her story, but to tell them with them having the, um, the attention really focused on listening, and especially those who want to accomplish the things that she accomplished and said, wow, you really paid, you are among those that paved the way for us. You know, so there's so much in us and the generation before us and before that that can really inspire our future generation. But we're not telling the stories enough. We're not giving them the information. All they're seeing is what they see now, not what we had to go through or how we had to have the faith to be able to keep going when we didn't even know any better or we didn't know where we was going to get the next meal from or how we was going to accomplish or get the bills paid or keep the lights on or any of those things. You know, they think that all of this comes so easy, but it doesn't, and it hasn't came easy. And if we can, you know, just like you said, start telling the story. Let them be able to hear, but with the attention, and that means putting these cell phones down and really listening to those stories of our lives that happened. And Reverend Smith, one of the things that they don't understand is that there were African Americans who made sacrifices and kept their mouths closed and just kept forging on uh, despite what they were being called, uh, despite how they were being treated. And so now they think they can say anything and do anything and throw caution to the wind and talk about what they wouldn't have done back in the day. Uh, but those were the people who were brave, the ones who knew what they had to do to protect their families 
and went through it uh, despite uh, the treatment uh, because they had a higher goal in mind. It's easy to throw your life away now and, and don't care about well, you don't have nobody else uh, to be worried about. But when you got other people counting on you, you can't be so callous as to throw your value away because you got to make sure their value is brought to the light. Yes, James, I agree with you 100%. There's so, there were so many. And i give you one example with my uncle. In my little small hometown of Oak Hill, uh, it has about 2,000 people in it where I grew up at uh, and where my home, my actual home is now, but I live in Kissimmee. But anyway, my uncle, um, and, and talking about people coming up through adversities, along uh, with my aunt, and he went up to the store one afternoon, and this white man kept picking at him and picking at him, and so he kept moving away and going on about his business and going on about his business. And sometimes that's what happened with us. We we have to step back sometimes even because he knew that it was going to create problems if he did something to this individual. He knew that he had a family. He knew that he had uh, 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 he was in a situation that he couldn't win at that particular time. But it got to a point that my uncle just flat out took his gun out and shot him. And he got in his car and left town that night, and he stayed gone. So it, it comes to a point in time where you can take so much pushing. But like you said, there are so many of us out here. I know even myself, I've taken things on my job that I normally wouldn't take being the first black detective, being the first black state attorney investigator, and things that I would have never taken over anybody. But because I had five children at home, I took those things to a certain extent. But then when I got to the point where I wanted to go, I fought back. See, you got to wait. You can't just jump out there in the middle of the shadow, out of the shadow, all of the, all at once and throw yourself on folks and stuff. You don't do that. And you don't have to fight. You can't fight nobody from the outside. You got to fight from the inside. That's why I stayed right in the middle of them. And when I got to the positions that I wanted to be in and stuff, I started making them, I told them their butt off 100 miles an hour, and I made them respect me. They didn't like me, but they had to respect me because I had a family. And when you got a family, you can't just think about yourself. It's not all about you. It's, look at the people that came behind me after I left the state attorney office, after I left the sheriff's department, after I left FDLE. Look at the blacks that came behind me. They got it a lot easier than I had. And I thank my God for that. I thank my God that I could be the forerunner, that, that I could do those things and be there to help somebody. Now, I'm not a proponent of a lot of the things that, that a lot of the blacks take now because they do it because they think they, they've made it. And some of us, when we make it, we forget about where we came from. 
and, and that hurts me so bad when I see people that get out here and they, they, they know that they have the ability to go back and do something constructive to help someone or grab someone up by the, by the hand and pull someone with them. No, they rather go over to the other side and pull other people with them instead of bringing some of your own with you. And this happens so prevalently in our race. We, 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 we need to stop that. Come back. When you leave our communities, come back. Go back and let people see, hey, you remember me? You remember me, how terrible I used to be, and I used to steal those hubcaps and skirts and stuff. I know a lot of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but we used to do that kind of stuff. But today, I can go back today, and I and, and they say, this is a child. Yes, right, this is me, you know. You, it, it, it's a, it, it, it helps you that you can help them. And don't be ashamed to tell where you came from. Stop being ashamed to tell these young people where you came from. That's a, that is a big thing that I really dislike about us. Stop telling. We, we haven't been saved all our lives. We have not accepted Christ. There was a lot of things I did. Jumping out of two-story windows. Messing with folks' yeah. lives. And, yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. We did this stuff. We did all this right. Stuff. Tell people what you've done so they can say, oh, he is human, just like Because the young children, the young children are not going to listen to you because you you look down your nose at them, they already don't want to listen. But when you tell them where you came from, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised the attention you can get from them when you tell them "You've you've done worse than what they've done. And be truthful. Don't lie, but be truthful. And it's just, just it's something that we've got to start doing. God bless. All right. We're going to take a sharp break. We're going to take a sharp break and come back and continue our conversation. (laughs) We're going to take a sharp break and come back and continue our conversation. And uh, it is going along so well. And I, I am just so pleased about what all of you bring to the tape. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to...
Just a Thought by James T. Deshay. There are times when happenstance creates life-changing opportunities. It is important to keep your eyes and ears open to those moments so you can grasp the golden ring as it passes by. Don't allow your past to create doubt of the possibility of a new roadway to success. The magic in life keeps the universe open to changes in direction in everyone's life. No one has a market on what is required to make life worth living. We all have to obtain a focus and work toward the dream. Each day gives us a 24-hour reset. Evaluate the day before and determine if the same steps should be repeated. Just fully understand that our Creator does not have favorites. The universe is prepared to favor the efforts we all make daily. My steps can't be rewarded any more than anyone else's. Just believe that you deserve to have your dreams come true. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock West Coast Time, Saturday and Sunday, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 o'clock West Coast Time. Please call in to 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear. Please visit my website, www.jamestdeshay, the number 
com. That is www.jamestdeshay2.com. Also consider purchasing my books, Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, Passion, Desire, and Contemplation, at the website lulu.com. That's www.lulu.com. I look forward to you being a part of my audience. Again, call in every day at 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear and unfiltered. This is James T. Shea, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Come to an end of another show, Cheryl. What are your final thoughts for this evening? We don't have to just celebrate Black History Month in the month of February. Blacks should be celebrated every day, and that we can that we need to continue to tell our story, so that just like you always say, that our voices could be heard. It is so important that we celebrate not only those leaders. Uh, that everyone know about. But we need to bring to light the leaders that are in our individual families, in our individual communities, our individual towns, and our individual states and around the United States. So everybody knows all the hard work and commitment and dedication that was made by people throughout our world and our communities. Joyce, what are your final thoughts this evening? Uh, I agree with everything that everyone said. Don't be afraid to find uh, uh, worth and even the little ones. And we have to encourage them to let them know how good they are. And once we start planting that seed on a small level, you know, and have them feel good about themselves because it's just those little things. They start out with doing those little things, the little right things, the right things grows up to be bigger things. So that's where the encouragement. Uh, The more we know about ourselves, uh, the better it is. So uh, I'm grateful to to learn every day. I'm anxious to find out who they're going to spotlight tomorrow. And if it's something new that I don't know, I am definitely going to be willing to to share that information with us going forward. So um, I'm just glad to be a part of. Thank you. And we're so welcome and blessed to have you and your sister and your family's legacy uh, be a part of who we are and what it is that we're trying to accomplish because we know that all of our families uh, deserve to have a platform uh, where their history is being told. And it is so nice to know uh, that we have a voice. Uh, Like I've always said, I grow so tired of other people telling me what America thinks. And I said that they never asked me. Uh, so this platform was created because we want to be able to have anybody and everybody come on this platform and share what they believe and what they think about the world around them and not be regulated uh, to what just the white America media uh, wants to show. And so we want to be making sure 
that all of us have the opportunity to have our voices heard and to say what needs to be said related to uh, how we, what our vision of the world is. And stop hearing what just one segment of the world vision is. Uh, it just hurts me when uh, these people on these shows talk about what America believes and what most Americans think. And uh, they have not made one phone call uh, to a black community and ask anybody in that community what it is that they they feel. Thank all of you uh, for supporting me and continuing to give me your support. We're here seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so that your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruption. We want to make sure that the world knows that we're a part of a movement that won't be denied. Uh, and I continue to thank all of you who call in every day, those of you who are listening outside of those who call in, and just continue to support me. Call in and let us hear your voice. Let us know that you're there. Write me at djames82 at aol.com. Let me know what you're thinking. What do you want to talk about? Because this show is here for you. Take care, everybody. See you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Cause I didn't know you, cause I didn't know me But I thought I knew everything I knew.